folks, and welcome back to the Impassioned Art Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my deconstruction journey from being pro-life as it pertains to the political sphere to being pro-abortion, pro-choice. I'm excited to dive into this with you. I am still only a couple years fresh on changing my mindset and my beliefs on this, so bear with me as I speak vulnerably and probably in a bit of a messy way about this topic, but I feel like it's important for me to address this and share this right now, given our current political climate. So I grew up in Christianity, as all of you know, and in Christianity, it has been taught to me since forever that abortion is bad, it's wrong, And it has been highly encouraged to vote for a pro-life candidate and um, that that's just the way you should go because abortion is evil. It has been um, compared to the genocide of the Holocaust. It's been um, referred to as just mass murder. It was very, it's very much like this is evil and the expectation is you vote against abortion. And while this varies among Christians and there is, um, that's not a blanket statement, that's basically the overarching teaching from the church is that this is horrendous, we need to stop this. And so I grew up really like learning about what a fetus feels in the womb about um, how, you know, being pro-life as it pertains to the political sphere. Um, And I just mourned the topic of abortions for a long time because I was just seeing it through this Christian agenda that was being pumped into my brain. When I first started to question this was several years ago at this point, um, it was 2018, 2019, I believe, where a friend of mine who was interested in Christianity approached me about the topic of abortion and said, hey, I just learned about this Bible verse in Leviticus about abortion, so I'm curious as to why the Christian teaching is pro-life. So this super threw me off because I didn't really know that this verse existed. So I read through it and there's a section of Leviticus where if a man is even just jealous, even just suspicious of his wife having been with another man, he can bring her to the high priest and the high priest makes this an elixir which she digests and it makes her womb swell, which basically is, hey, if you're pregnant with another man's baby, we're killing it. And Leviticus, if I am remembering correctly, you can check me on these things because obviously I am not a theologian. I've just grown up in the church and taken some classes. But I believe Leviticus is by and large about the laws of God. And I believe that this is one of the laws that, quote, that apparently God gave to the people. And so this is saying that, first of all, this is continuing on with a a man has autonomy over a wife's body and his jealousy 
can be the only reason why a woman then has to drink this elixir and have her womb swell. But regardless of the whole misogynistic aspect of this, um, this is an op- this is a display of abortion, and I truly cannot see it any other way. This is abortion. Now I've seen Christian women in specific like fight to the death about how this is not um, abortion in this, but I truly believe that you have to be so committed to ignorance and and keeping your eyes so tightly shut to the fact that your precious Bible might be pro-abortion in sections um, in order to argue that this is not an example of abortion. Now, unfortunately, this example of abortion is very misogynistic, and so that is a bummer. But regardless, you're seeing in the Bible that there is an instance of God-ordained abortion. So that was my first like moment of shakiness where I'm like, I didn't know this existed. And why is, why are we being taught that pro-life is a God thing when stuff like this is in the Bible? Then I started to think about how, you know what, like the whole topic of protecting children in the womb or protecting, you know, fetuses in the womb isn't really a topic that I remember reading anything about in the Bible. So this started to open me up to the greater discussion about abortion. So fast forward to 2020, the um, Black Lives Matter movement is really back into full swing and I'm starting to learn a lot because I was just ignorant about a lot of things. And so my whole worldview is opening up a ton and I'm just doing a lot of listening about different people's stories, um, about the roots of the United States and the racism in those roots and just things I didn't realize but are just absolutely true. And so I'm in listening and learning mode and then just sharing the things I learn. And that's where I'm at 2020. And that starts opening me up further. And a friend of mine sent me a... um, an episode of a podcast, and I will put it in the description of this episode. It's called The Evangelical Vote by Throughline. And in that episode, they talk about how the pro-life movement is began as an agenda to um, perpetuate racism and get the evangelical vote Um, on like a a one-issue voting train so that they could perpetuate their racist agenda. Prior to that, the church really didn't care about abortions. And it is a really powerful listen, and it's not the only source on this history. Like, this is true history, that this is how the pro-life vote came about and the pro-life movement came about. And I really encourage you even if you're deeply pro-life, to listen to this because, you know, it's important to know the truth of how things started. And really, the whole movement is one big agenda versus actually being something that is you're fighting this godly war on behalf of the unborn children. So that furthered my understanding. I was breaking open. And then through Black Lives Matter, that just really started to have me look at the unique stories and experiences of people that have gone through things that I haven't and how important it is to step back and listen and learn 
before having an opinion. Because if somebody is a different race than me and a different economic status than me, their story is going to be a different experience than mine. And I have to listen because I can't project my experience on something that I, on on an experience that I've just not had. And so that really started to open me up to the fact that like there is a huge race disparage in our country. Our country is founded on racism and so many of our big issue we have so many systemic issues because the systems were founded on racism and so then I'm looking at the misbalance of how pregnancy and abortions fall on people depending on race I'm looking at how our country is really awful when it comes to contraceptive contraceptive contraceptives excuse me and sex education I'm looking at how um, insurance is insane. The cost of having a child is insane. I'm looking how pro-life is ignoring the mental health of those who have been raped. Like there are so many elements and pro-life really does stop at, well, we just want to make sure the baby is born. But then you look at our adoption system, you look at our economy, you look at how so many Americans are ignoring the fact that there is racism in our country. And so... Pro-life, the pro-life movement isn't pro-life at all because nobody's caring about the life of those with wombs who are having to put their own health at stake who who are being forced to carry children that might have been the the product of rape. Um, We don't care about the fact that our whole system is set up to not financially support those who have babies. Not to mention, you know, um, maternity and paternity leave is a joke in this country. Not to like, there's so many things. Nothing about our system is set up to take care of the children once they're born. And I um, remember seeing this snippet by a pastor, actually, and I don't remember the pastor's name, um, but where he was saying that it's really convenient for the church to pick the unborn as the group they're going to advocate for rather than Black Lives Movement, rather than the Me Too movement, rather than all of these other things because the unborn can't speak back. They can't talk back. They can't speak for themselves. And so Christians are able to pat themselves on the back and go along with their day and say, we're championing this really good thing without really any responsibility, without any of the hardship, without being challenged on anything. And it's leaving all the other people who are already born in the wayside feeling just being, just screwing them over. And you know what? I don't think that anybody wants to have an abortion, but it is vital to have that as an option because also statistics show that when healthy and safe and legal abortion is taken off of the table, people are going to find unhealthy, illegal ways to have abortions. And that's just the reality of it. That's just the reality of it. And so why would we take that safe option away from people? Not to mention when contraceptives and sex education are easily available to people and abortions are legal, abortion rates go down because people have options and people feel safe to have options. In addition, anybody without a womb should shut their mouth when it comes to any opinion on this because you are not the one that bears this weight and to be anti-choice 
is to say, you know what, it's really always those with a penis. It's their choice whether or not someone has a child. And, you know, if you're stuck with a womb, sucks to suck, basically. You have to do what we say. It is truly healthcare to make sure that abortions are available. Not to mention there's health risks for getting pregnant. Like, there are so many options. And yet everybody is like, nope, that doesn't matter when it comes to being pregnant. And to me, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to say that everybody else involved, their health and well-being and mental wellness and all this stuff doesn't matter as soon as there is a fetus inside of you. That's not pro-life. And you know, abortion is not the same thing as murder. It's not going out and trying to... It's, it's not the same thing. And when you frame it that way, you take the conversation completely out of the, the, of the sphere. It's just saying, nope, you are evil. Which is not fair. And when you create, when Christians create that as the narrative, it also keeps people from wanting to seek further information and to broaden their understanding of the topic because it's like, oh, well, I'm evil on the side of God or on the side of people if I even um, entertain the idea that I might be pro-choice. Now, I don't wish that anyone would have an abortion. I still carry with me things that were taught in the church. I, I do know that there's science that shows that like there's development in the fetus early on and there's feeling like I, I'm not saying that all of those things suddenly aren't don't exist, but I am saying that in the world we live in, abortion has to be legal. It has to be. It is too complex of a topic. And I do not think it is on this it is the same thing as murder. I do not think it is the same thing as um, I don't think it's evil. I think it is a topic of healthcare. And it needs to be a complex conversation. Not to mention that also anybody, like any everybody knows somebody, knows and loves somebody who has had an abortion. That's just the reality of it. A lot of people keep it quiet, but um, that's just the reality of it. And it's unfair to want to to take that freedom away from those that have wombs and um it's just it's just I I I watch people who are pro-life be very much like yes yes overturn Roe v. Wade and then call it a day but nobody's trying to pick up the pieces nobody's trying to change our healthcare system no like there's just Nobody's working on, what about the adoption system? Like, it, the conversation just does not end at Roe v. Wade. It's such a bigger thing. And there are also um, other podcasts and stuff about how, like, Roe v. Wade is just a piece of it. But there are so many other things attached to that as well that can take away autonomy. And there's just so many elements to this conversation that it, it can't be a single issue, single-minded approach. You can't have that. It's not the full story. And when you look at Jesus and who Jesus says to take care of, you know, he talks about taking care of those who are already born and those who you would um, deny and those who you would think are less than. Like, that's the story. And it's, and the poor and to get involved with like challenging society. Like, he was all about all of that, but pro life voters and the often just aren't, don't stand for all of those things. It's just, I'm going to pick my easy thing to believe in 
and to make me feel righteous and make you feel not righteous. And that's problematic. So all of these things together have led me to be pro-choice. There's a lot of other complexity here and a lot of other elements that come into play, but we have to be looking at this in a bigger picture. We have to be listening to people's stories who have had abortions. We have to, if we're going to be, if you're going to dig your heels in and be anti-abortion, you better be pro-life in all other areas. You better be looking at and fighting to change the healthcare system. You, like there's all these other things that you better be committed to because man, just taking abortion out of the picture is not going, legal abortion out of the picture is not going to do any of the things that you want it to do. It's just not. And I also want to say that I'm sharing this message. I am sad. I'm angry. I'm afraid at what's going on in the world right now. But I also want to say that I'm hopeful because Roe v. Wade is not gone yet. And maybe we can stop that from happening. Also, Roe v. Wade happened and people fight for change. That doesn't mean it's the end of the story if there's any movement to overturn it. You know, people keep fighting and half of the population has wombs. (laughs) So we're not going to let this stick. And I want to encourage you, if you are somebody who has just stuck their, it has dug their heels in about like pro-life and that's just the only option, just please listen to other stories. Please look at the complexity of this nation and the systems and what makes it impossible for individuals with wombs. Like, please look at economic status and racism and all these things that are up against those who are forced to have children. Please look at health. Please, like, just this is not a simple issue. so much for listening. I know this episode was a bit shorter and I shared my messy thoughts on the matter and I just encourage you also to come into this mess, get messy on this topic and be really open to learning and having your views challenged because a lot of things can be true all at once and it is really important to look at the bigger, more intricate picture And to not just say, I have my opinion on this issue and that's that. And I just, I invite you into the deconstruction with me. It's not always comfortable, but it's important on behalf of the other people in the society, on behalf of your neighbors. And I just ask you to posture your heart and your mind with compassion Um, So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful, hopeful, empowering day.